I'm Lee Larie. And I'm Nick B. Listen, we're just two single girls from the City of Roses discussing all things love, lust, and perception. And roses are a symbol of all things beautiful about love. But as you know, love can get a little dirty. So we're here to talk about it. Dirty Roses Podcast starts now. Hey, I'm Lee Larie. And I'm Nick B. And welcome to Dirty Roses Podcast. Um, today, we're about to get a little nasty, nasty. A little nasty. We do it every season. We, every season, we get at least one good nasty show in on accident or on purpose. And this one's actually on purpose. Intentional. Intentionally, yes. Um, we have a great guest that I actually started following him on Instagram. I followed um, him yesterday. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I think... I think he got reposted um, by one of those like other larger streaming people like okay. the Shade Rooms or somebody. And he had a really sexy voice. He's got some really beautiful eyes and he talks real nasty, which is right up my alley. Oh. So I was like, let me follow, <laughs> I'm gonna follow. And then when we decided to do this, this episode, I was like, let me just shoot my shot in the inbox. <laughs> and he responded. So we are being joined here by the sexologist the sex coach, an author, YouTuber, podcaster. He even got a uh, was it a Patreon account where you can see some nasty, nasty, nasty things on there. I don't, I haven't logged in. I got scared because um, he mentioned what was on there, and I wasn't ready. Oh my! <laughs> but uh, Mr. Steven, the sexologist Smith, how are you doing? I'm feeling good. How are you? We're doing excellent. Yeah. Well, we start every episode by sharing a story that kind of leads us to how we got to this topic. So I'm going to tell a story. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's actually a personal story. I'm a, it's <gasps> personal story time. It is personal story okay. time. Okay. So there's a guy trying to holler at me and I wasn't interested. So I was trying to be an asshole by throwing him off his game by saying something totally outlandish right he was trying to he'd been trying to holler trying to match trying to, trying to have sex right and i'm like not happening so i was like hey you know we can make this happen if you let me pay you uh-huh. and i just knew that that was going to be his complete deal breaker no i'm not doing it bitch you're crazy moment and he was like yeah okay and i got really thrown off oh, and i was God. like oh i don't know how to respond and then he said, there's only one one uh, thing that has to happen. And I said, okay, what has to happen? He said, the dick got to be bigger than mine. Um, and I wasn't I would have ran. I, I, yeah, I tried to run, but I was in my she shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to that point, uh-huh. I thought I was saying something that was like super outside of a person's boundaries. And turns out that that might have been his freak or kink. And so well, I didn't know what to do. So... What, just out of curiosity, <laughs> what is your definition of freaky versus kinky? Um, freaky is you're intentionally having sex without limitations. That's freaky? Kinky okay. to me. Yeah, okay. that's that's freaky to me. Kinky is your open mind, open-minded towards toys, restraints, mm-hmm. cameras, locations, Okay. So, uh, experiences. And that's exactly uh, the lesson that I got um, mm. when, and I've shared this story before yeah. about a guy who I was seeing and in the beginning stages of getting to know him, you know, we're just phone flirting, you know, what you do in the beginning stages before you've actually been intimate with somebody, but testing to see if that's where they're trying to go with mm. things. And I think I made the comment of like, oh yeah, well, you know, I'm kind of kinky. And he says, oh, are you? <laughs> Wait, I never heard that you said that's how I that did. Started. That's how it started oh, because I used out. the wrong words. I, I said, just... oh, yeah, I'm a little kinky. Right. Well, I learned that day 
that, you're that there vanilla. is a difference between kinky and freaky and i'm freaky but on the vanilla spectrum of well actually not anymore but still uh-huh. i found out that there's absolutely a difference there's levels to this there's shape. levels to this we should have sent you the bdsm test are you into bdsm I am into BDSM, but I have my own version of sex, which is rated red six. And so it's a version of BDSM because I don't believe in all of them. I don't like the S or the There's versions of within the community. Remember the test? Because there was like, there was child adult play role well, i mean play. i know that there's there things that you're into stuff there's there was like a whole definition yeah. breakdown I, so what is it that you're into because yeah. now i'm curious uh, i'm into mindset i'm not really into the i'm into bondage i'm into sub i'm into dom i'm not into embracing somebody or belittling someone or someone doing that to be sexy so i'm not into the s or the m mm-hmm. uh, of bdsm so i created red, red sex which more caters to my lifestyle so I still have all of my contracts. I still have all of my cameras. I still have, have my pleasure room. I, I, yeah, I keep contracts oh every God. day, all day. So, um, oh yeah. So tell me, okay, now that we have somebody, yeah, the purpose of the contract is what? Why the is a verbal agreement contract? not enough? Because uh, verbal agreements, you can forget what was said. And then you can cross over boundaries because you're so into it. So with contracts with me, we have a clear understanding. You have a voice. I have a voice. I can tell you what I want. You can tell me what you want. And we come to an agreement on what we both desire and require. And so I do it so we can become the best versions of ourselves for each other. And so if I'm more passive and you want me to be more aggressive, if my, if my nature is passive, we put in a contract. Every time that I'm passive, there's a consequence. You're going to train me to be more aggressive for you. What kind so of consequences are you comfortable with? Like, what is a consequence for you? Like, so if you disobey a contract <laughs> that is set in place, y'all done put your yeah. signatures on it, and uh, you haven't either met a requirement or you've broken an uh-huh. expectation, what is, this is the part that tripped me up when I was asked to sign a contract and I wasn't comfortable with it because I was like, well, I am too grown to be put in time out. Okay. You're not going to, we're not doing that. So what is it for you (laughs) that is a consequence that's acceptable, that doesn't challenge your manhood, that doesn't belittle you, that, you Mm -hmm. know, get you feeling like a parent put you in trouble? Like what is an actual consequence? So for me, there's no boundaries to the consequence because the point of the point of the contract is to alter your mindset. And so if you're worried about being a timeout, don't fuck up. Do what you're yeah, supposed to do. No. The point of the contract is for you to follow the rules, for you to be accountable, for you to be who you say you're going to be. Are the so if you don't want to be putting timeout, do not do, don't do that wrong. Are the consequences mildly pleasurable also? Because then you want to mess up. Like, I know that's the problem. <laughs> I was bad. But maybe... <laughs> Maybe getting spanked is the part, and then you don't want to get spanked, and now you got a consequence for not wanting to get spanked. I'm, this is like, there's really levels to this shit, isn't there? For real, for real. It, but you have to go in there with the right mindset. And so if you go in there with the intentions of receiving receiving pleasure, then you're in, you're in a contract for the wrong reasons. We're in this contract so we can be the best versions of ourselves right. okay. in the bedroom and outside of the bedroom. And so whatever it is that you require, put that shit in the contract. And then when I'm ready to experience what you really want to experience, if it was one of my boundaries, one of my thresholds, um, now I have the choice to disobey you just so we can 
implement one of your consequences, which is secretly one of your fantasies, because I'm now ready to experience more of what you're into. Mm. And so it's all about communication. We got to be here together. I, I, so how long do you keep the contracts on file? <laughs> my contracts are forever, and then we change them. And so, so after we accomplish so much. <laughs> I mean, even taxes, you can toss out the paperwork after seven years, but you say we keeping these forever. <laughs> Pitch you mine forever. forever. Right. Yeah. Do you have a roster? Nah, I ain't got no roster, man. I'll be chilling. And then, but wait, with these contracts, do you cycle back? Like, let me pull uh, <laughs> contestant B's file. It's like the roll of dicks. see where we are with, see where we are with this lady today. Yeah. <laughs> Today's sex appeal. Yeah, if, if we have if we have a relationship, then hey, you will always stay on file, and we understand where your boundaries are. We understand where we are as in our relationship, our situationship, our sexuationship. We have a clear understanding of where we are between each other. That's a new phrase, sexuationship. I have so not then, heard that. Okay, so then do you have a lot of friends with benefits then for, like, or are these no, committed? Probably really? That sounds like a friend, so they're not friends. <laughs> what? I have, a, I have a very small circle of friends. You have associates, you have clients, you have people. You have clients? Are yeah. you no. a hoe? Oh, wait, do no, you no. get paid? So do you get paid, do you get paid no. to do any of these BD rated red no. activities? Nah. No. What classifies someone as a client then if you're not... Uh... His sex coaching, right? Correct. But you're not getting paid? Isn't that a... No, oh, I, I 100% get paid no, to coach. Okay, okay. Coaching. okay. It's his clients. Okay, okay. But the sex sex is not the client. You got it, yeah. okay. So you're like a, I cannot so have sex with clients at I, all. I've also always wondered this. What exactly <laughs> is uh, sex therapy? Well, he doesn't do not therapy, not sex coaching, sex, right? Sex coaching, is that the actual terminology? Correct. Okay. What I'm a sex, sex coach or a sexologist. Sexologist, sex coach. Can you explain what that actually is? Got you. So a sexologist is a person that studies human sexual behavior. That's all a sexologist is. And then we have our own niches. I specialize in love orgasms so i say love one orgasm at a time so i, I put together strategies to uh, help people become better in the bedroom so i'm trying not to customize curse customize strategies per your client correct correct so when someone hires you to help them be better in the bedroom is it like a couple comes to see you or is it a person i get both so I have a lot of couples and then I have a lot of individuals because people require different things. Dude. What people don't understand about sex is, is more than physical, is more mental than anything. But do you and walk so them individuals require the steps require... of sex? <laughs> the steps of sex. Do you walk them through the steps of achieving the orgasm? Like, yes. Do so people have sex in front of you and you tell them like, do this angle. No, that's called, that costs a lot more money. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, but that, wait. That, now, that costs a lot of because money. if you are, if you are helping someone at achieve orgasm by studying yes. their specific styles and their yes. mannerisms and their desires, how are you able to implement programs to create change without witnessing what they're doing right or wrong? This is the dope part. Okay. And so how do you implement something to promote change without visually seeing it? Yeah. Right. So when a person is separated, so you have a husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be. Uh, when you have them as a couple, they talk. When they separate, they talk totally different. And so I get all of their requirements. I get all of the things that they want to experience and all the things that they are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I get the same from the other person. Then I give them separate plans that benefit each other. 
So you perform and create an orgasm mental. So they talk to you about oh, what yeah. they want, and then you kind of mediate with each other and help how to them. create it. Got you. Okay. Okay. So for I'm going to use Lee and I as an example. We're a couple oh, right hey, now. Yeah. <laughs> Rub your kneecap, hey, girl. Bitch. Okay. So dirty. if we're a couple okay. and our issue is that we're not communicating with each other what our desires are, what we do is we come to you both together and say what our issue is. And then you have a separate session with me and a separate session yes. with her because we will probably share things that are concerns. Correct that we wouldn't say in front of each other. Correct. And then from there, you yeah. just come in and be like, what she said was, <laughs> you ain't do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but you do, you do it in a way that um, is, is healthy and it's, it's teaching them. Got so I, I don't want to tell you what to do. I want to point you in the right direction. I want to teach you how to read your, your partner's body language. I want you to teach you how to comprehend more than just listen. I want to teach you how to properly communicate your wants and receive hers at the same time. I want to put you in a position to where you don't need me anymore. Mm -hmm. gotcha. And so I te te there, teach you the game, and I'm here to teach you the game. Are there common uh, issues amongst the majority of your couples? Like, is there a common theme of what's missing? Mm. Or is it always different? Is always communication, but the communication is always different. Gotcha. Okay. It always stems to communication or always stems to mindset. And so if, uh, let's say a woman say, well, he don't make me come. Mm -hmm. The common problem is that she believes he's responsible for her orgasm. He is not. Oh. You're responsible for your orgasm. And you're responsible to teach him how to help you create that orgasm. You're responsible to know how your body works, what spots to touch, what spots to lick, how to stroke them, how to caress them, what you require to accomplish these things. So if I tell you, you could Get have Lee 15 different types of, <laughs> good, that's what, that's what we like to see. So let's talk to Lee. So okay. Lee can have, so right, Lee can Lee have 15. Lee hasn't had orgasm in a while. <laughs> so, so this is good, okay. good as you said that. Therapist. So Lee, if I tell you, you can have like 15 different types of orgasms. The reason I can say, well, Lee haven't had an orgasm in a while. Maybe she don't know which ones to chase. Hmm. Sometimes we chase the wrong orgasms and they get frustrated when we don't have one. The more a woman is frustrated and not relaxed, the less her chances of having an orgasm. And so if you're chasing a vaginal orgasm, that's the hardest one to accomplish right. versus a clitoral or A spot, C spot, G spot, nipple gasm, core gasm. There's so many are... different gasms. So there's an alphabet of gasms. Yes, there is. Oh, Another my... t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, so women, women can have so many different types and y'all often chase the wrong ones or unaware of what's happening. So when y'all do have a full body orgasm or a multiple gasm or a blended gasm, y'all associate it to the, your partner because you're unfamiliar with that okay, specific so, orgasm. So then, okay, what do you do with the client that says that maybe her personality type is that she wants to be more submissive and in a submissive personality, it's hard to be dominant until your partner what it is mm. that you really want because it's not your nature. So then how is that really communicated? Asking for you can watch you can watch movies turn on a movie to have sex scenes or to have a couple that have a similar oh, okay. a relationship to yours okay. and then y'all talk about the movie oh. hey remember when she did this in this scene and how she responded to that how do you feel about that that's more like how i feel you can do it that way you can read books you can write a letter hmm. writing letters is much easier than having a that's confrontation or that voice to voice <laughs> texting is another thing yeah. where you can speak your mind without a person interrupting you so if i wrote you a letter and it's 
informative and sexy at the same time. I can paint you the picture of what I want to do to you in the bedroom, but I'm also being informative of telling you what I desire, what I require from you. Mm -hmm. But I can't vocally tell you because I'm I'm uncomfortable. Right. I'm gonna write this shit in a letter. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put my cologne on. I'm gonna put it in the mailbox because okay. people like to receive things. Okay. And so you're gonna get it. You'll see my name. It's gonna smell good. You go open it up. You go read it. You're like, hmm. Oh, he now you experience. Right, right. I gotta wait two to three days for the U.S. postman <laughs> to deliver this sex in a box, but I'll take it. <laughs> I'm just gonna drop it up at your house. You feel me? I don't want you to go to work. I'm gonna just slide it up in there. Okay. You slide it up I in there. Put it under your windshield wiper. You feel me? I can fill the gas tank up and tape it to your steering wheel. There's so many ways I can get you this information. Right. Okay. To where you 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 understand who I am. Okay. And what I require and why I like it. So, what is the most common orgasm for women? And for men, well, I guess does men have Clitoral. multiple orgasms? Yeah, do men have multiple? Not multiple, we but do, like but different. Don't. Okay, is we have different pressure. So, like when you uh, you stimulate a male G spot while having an orgasm, it heightens the strength of the orgasm or um, how powerful it is. For some people, pain thresholds that can heighten the orgasm. Like if a man's about to come and you bite him. Uh, your pension, things of this nature, it can heighten his orgasm. And so we that. have things like that to heighten it, that biting to do something to you. Oh, um, or like the most common is when men get their back scratched or you dig your nails into a man and it drives him crazy for whatever reason. Yeah. That pain mm -hmm. intensifies his orgasm. And so, yes, men can have different types and women most definitely have different types. I might need to add that to my BDSM test. I, don't, I forgot that I like scratching and stuff. Okay. That's what I, add, I need to add that. I like to inflict pain. Oh, shit. So Lee and I have both taken um, a little quiz multiple times, and it's interesting because the more we take it, the, I think the more comfortable we become with some of the questions yeah. and scenarios. Mm -hmm. I know the first time we took the test, we both, and I took it long before her because mm -hmm. I introduced you to the test, but right. um, we both were incredibly vanilla you know, um, high spectrum than it was. And I think it was ultimately because it was a whole new concept, a new mm -hmm. line of discussion between right. what we were even considering and things like that. But the more we've taken it, especially because we've had other guests on the show where we thought this would be really great icebreakers to find out people's level of comfortability. Um, those those answers the they've changed quite a bit and yeah so it, it's just i think i'm into bondage as well <laughs> <laughs> definitely a rope bunny i am a rope bunny that's yeah. what it said yeah yeah interesting yeah. bondage is where is that oh goodness i i feel like is it just me and maybe it's just because i'm getting older and so the conversation around sex is more open because you know you you grow into things learn new experiences mm. but i feel like the conversation behind bdsm at least in my circle was not as prominent today as mm. it was maybe 10 15 years ago and i'm curious do you think that the community of bdsm and the understanding of what exactly that lifestyle is has increased over the yes. years yeah okay because we have netflix we have all these different documentaries all these different tv shows that are now we have build your own sex room uh network series we have sex education we have the orgasm we have so many different sex shows now available at us for we to watch in the privacy of our own our own home that think, it's easier to have this conversation do you think 50 shades of gray really kicked off the uh or at least opened the doors to this uh other world of fantasy mm -hmm. To make it more mainstream, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that you say it, yeah. 
Yeah, because I, I really felt like there was a big shift in once that happened, uh-huh. and everybody was like, "Ooh, I like that." And now there's a movie about well, it. Well, yeah, because uh-huh. it was it was taboo prior. Right. You know, I mean, it's still tab- taboo a little yeah. bit today, um, but way before the movie and the books came out, it was absolutely yeah. unspoken. You right. know, and if this was something you were into, it was definitely a secret until people were able to start watching it on TV, mm-hmm. and there was a book behind it, and you didn't feel so shameful because all the moms. <laughs> we're reading this book before bed. Correct. They had a different use for them apples. Okay. They would send them kids to school. Yes. With. <laughs> so, um, yeah. let's see. Uh, what is the freakiest or kinkiest thing that you've ever done? Uh, you have to define freaky. Um, freaky you, thing. I've you done defined it already. I've, I've done. I've I've done everything. I don't know what I haven't. Done. Okay, when well, um, you say you've done everything, she just mentioned that she joked with a guy about pegging. Have you been pegged? No, nah, I'm never getting picked. Don't even have to okay, worry about Okay, well, you that. said everything, and that falls under everything. So you need <laughs> to be clear. You ain't got to worry about that. That ain't going to never happen over here. Um, no offense to anybody who do it. Kudos to y'all. <laughs> right. But uh, not, not happening over here. <laughs> no. Nah, um, well, I do, I do a lot of things to get over fear. I hate being afraid of something. And so I was afraid of the ocean. So I've had sex in everybody of ocean in the United States. So. Oh. Anywhere where there's a large body, uh, Gulf of Mexico, Pacific Ocean, Atlantic, I've had sex in those. Um, just to get over the fear of the ocean, stroke the nose, I've done uh, in public multiple times. Do you I've enjoy done... being watched? Yeah, I, li- I like the thrill of possibly being caught. Of being caught. Ooh, you, don't, yeah, you, don't, you don't necessarily yeah. have to see me, uh-huh. but I'm big on bay windows. I'm big yeah. on, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the possibility mm-hmm. of someone looking up like, hey, you know, I'm big cruise ships, the balcony. I'm big on. Like, you on a cruise ship? I don't think that's the ocean that's making that motion. It's, this is a Disney cruise. What are you doing? Yeah. That ain't Mickey style. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm into that. Um, I want to go back to uh, where we talked about sexologists and uh, sex coaching. Is there certifications yeah. that you have to get to be considered this, or is it just like a self taught uh, thing? Yeah, where do you get this, your degree this, from? This, this is this is the cool thing. And so to be a sexologist, you have to go to school for four years. You have to go for a psych major um, to be a licensed sexologist. Mm-hmm. So going through that process was very timely and very costly. And then after you do school, you have to go to an accredited uh, institute that will give you the certifications. And after you get a cert- certification from that institute, you didn't have to apply for BCS and ACS and ASSECT to get accreditations from all of these different people uh, or different accreditations to get you. That's how I got four. So you're um, licensed. So this is like a real, yes. real job. This is, this is like, this is my real deal. And not to be disrespectful, but we both were under the assumption that this was a self-proclaimed profession. Right. Not that it's not no. a profession, but it's one that you're, it just felt like you like having you sex. Kind of create so you're it. able yeah. to tell people how to have like, sex. Like I didn't realize that there were degrees behind. It. Are you a whole professor? Are you a doctor? Like what is your credentials? Yeah, I, I can teach in school. I can what? teach in doctors' offices. I what? work with therapists. Oh, no. I work with counselors. I the whole shebang. So oh, that's why I asked earlier about um, medical terminologies. I'm like, do I have to talk about neurotransmitters? Do I have to talk about hormones? Do I got to talk? And so I was asking. So I didn't. So this is real scientific for real, though. So, but in addition to being a sexologist, do you also do sex therapy? And what is the difference between sex? So, what's the difference between the two? So, sex therapy, you have a very strict um, criteria. 
like there's certain things I can't say as a therapist. There's certain things I cannot um, suggest as a therapist. There's certain language I can't use as a therapist versus as a coach. If I if we connect like we from Flint and I want to talk like I'm from Flint, then we can have this conversation and I can tell you certain things in the terminology that we both understand and I won't get in trouble. So being a coach, you don't have to go to school at all, but you still get the same access as me to so many different places. And so if a person say, well, I want to be a sex coach versus a sexologist, you don't have to go to school for four years. You just have, to, you don't really even have to get certified. It helps when you have clients. So you have some type of document, but you don't have to be certified in that field to begin to have clients. You can say, I'm a sex coach. My opinion, my business is opinion-based, opinion-based, not factual-based. And I'm going to give you information that I believe will help you reach to the next level. And then y'all come to the agreement, sign your paper, and that's that. You don't, you don't have to go to school at all. Interesting. You don't have to have one certificate. A person can call himself a relationship coach, a sex coach, oh, a basketball. Nice. You don't have to have any. Yeah. A basketball any, coach. Yeah. coach. <laughs> you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. <laughs> So as then, long as people know that, hey, this is my opinion, opinion. and I hope it helps you. Kind of like what we're doing. We're right. not professionals. We're, we're coaches. We, we coach We're coaches. <laughs> Y'all coaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if somebody, like you're, you're having a client and they're wanting to introduce new things to their partner, what are some ways yeah. that you would suggest that a person could introduce new things in the bedroom? The number one way to introduce new things in a bedroom other than watching a movie or reading a book is to implement whatever you're trying to, like if it's a toy, let's just use a toy, implement a toy that's going to be beneficial to your partner, not to you. Oh, you need to implement a toy that's going to make your partner gain trust with toys. Most of the time, women want to introduce men to toys. Men often have the thing of, I don't need no toy. I got, I got this dick. I don't need no toy. I can sleep. <laughs> Usually what but I, yep. mm-hmm. I don't need no replacement, da 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 your job is to build comfort with toys. Your job is to let him know this toy is your friend. Listen, after you use this toy, this shit going to get wetter and wetter and wetter and better, sir. So toy me up. And so, you know, get get a toy that's going to be beneficial. Get a toy that has a remote to where he have you lay back on the bed. He turn a remote on and do some work. He watch it. He taste it. He lick it. Mm. You, so, you know what I mean? But he enjoys the fact that he's a he part of your orgasm. Mm-hmm. He's controlling your orgasm. So the next time you implement another toy, a toy that both of y'all can enjoy. You blindfold him, stroke him with something, da 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 da. Y'all get that together. The third time, introduce a toy that you really want to use because now he's he now has comfort. He now trusts the toy. He now have benefits of the toy, and he understand yo sex is so much better when we incorporate these things. Yeah. So when you when you say bring one, he's not thinking oh this is the enemy. She's trying to right. replace me. He's right. thinking she's trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's um, how you introduce new things. I feel like I'm blushing this whole show. <laughs> um, but I do have a question. Okay, so we talked about squirting um, last, yeah. last season. Um, we and we had the conversation was like in porns, you mentioned that it felt mm-hmm. like women can just squirt on demand. And the our guests at that time and myself were both saying that it kind of happens when it happens yeah. for us personally. So is that something that you're able to control? And how do you, if so, how do you make it happen? <laughs> I'm trying to get coached right well, now. She's trying to get coached. <laughs> but that actually was our question right. in the last episode yeah. because or last, last season's season. episode mm-hmm. was I I've ran into guys who that was their goal. 
but mm-hmm. I felt like they were just completely obliterating trash in the room, <laughs> just all over the place, trash in the room with yeah. their hands. And I'm like, first of all, you're about to, you're about to need, make me need like internal stitches or something. What are you doing down there? And, but, and then, <laughs> and then also the other piece to that was that I know that I've seen on some films, of course, when uh-huh. I said that we were mm-hmm. talking about professional porn, not home porn, right? where it just seemed like a whole fire hose was being turned on. And these women are just all over the place. And I'm like, well, how, where's all that fluid even coming from? Because my God. So the question is, is, uh-huh. is that a realistic expectation? That level of, um, uh, hydration hydration release <laughs> and is there a magic way to get to that or is that all just dependent on the person so first question is the porn question right is it possible to explode that much yeah. yes Where 100% are the fluids coming from your skin gland is you build up pressure in your skin it engorges it shoots out if we are only 75 percent water the amount of liquid coming out of these women is at least over 100 percent where i mean i've told you i've gotten dehydrated so, afterwards <laughs> and so when you talk about adult adult films i've been on a set adult yeah. films you can feel film a 45 minute scene and it takes you 12 hours Oh. oh, I'd be exhausted. It can take okay. so long. Oh, and then two, some of the um, some of the scenes, especially the squirting scenes, some of them do utilize pee. You drink tons of water. Drink three three gallons of water, yeah. and then your water, will, your pee will be clear. It'll be oh, diluted. Yeah, and so for film purposes, when she's shooting everywhere, we're like, holy shit! But she drank so much she water for that. Oh, that makes Correct. sense. I mean, like, it's, I get close to a gallon of water a day. I could never imagine three gallons of water. I would probably look like that too then. Well, okay. So question then, because I have heard that when you, I guess maybe because you're on set, you're not really having an orgasm, but I have heard that people who experience like an orgasm during a moment of something, that that something then becomes what turns them on. So like we talked about how people can get turned on by shitting, right? And it was like, but, but someone had told me, they were like, if for some reason they have experienced some level of pleasure during that moment, that now they seek that same moment and they recreate it by shitting on people or getting shitted on. Ew. So like, so someone's peeing on film as their level of orgasm, do they then become a peer on people as they have to pee on people to orgasm? (laughs) That, that depends on the person. So if a person is doing this for money, I'm not mature enough. Okay, then, then they're then like, I'm I'm only peeing in this bedroom <laughs> on camera because they're gonna give me ten ten thousand dollars. Gotcha. Without okay. this money, I would never pee in this bedroom. Gotcha. And so certain people, just like actors, certain people will kiss men, certain women will kiss women, oh, certain okay. people will get naked on film in, in my contract. Right. Yeah. Holly Berry requested a million per boob in order oh. to get her boobs out on Monster Ball. And Other she than that, she wasn't gonna do scene. And she and she got a whole war yeah. and she got both boobs out and they had a oh a swordfish when she's laying on the little thing and her right, boobs was out right million a million per boob or she was not on a scene oh wow it's not something she would do in her regular life but right. as an actress as this character and for this dollar amount I take a bra off right Gosh. so yeah so that's the thing with porn so if you were not into peeing on people you're like I'm not doing that but they like I eat 15k because this video go pop once we 
Okay, <laughs> but it's a one-time thing, that type of thing. So, are but you... oh, and to uh, actually answer your second question, oh, yeah, you had a yeah, two-part yeah, yeah. question. question. It was a two-part. It was like a five-part question. So, like that. Uh, unless it's medically induced, every woman can squirt, and every woman can squirt in about ninety seconds. What? Um, it's super easy. And so, yeah, you go in, go to the side. left about, a, <laughs> we, we both about an inch, <laughs> an inch to the side. Wait, what side? Left, right? To, to the left. Okay. It's most likely to the left, but all women are different, but most likely it's to the left. Wait, You're going to feel like a, a ridgy, a ridgy-like substance. Yeah. Like a, a, it's not a tissue, but it's like a ridge. Y'all know what it is. Y'all ladies, y'all felt it. Um, you apply pressure to wrong. that. You, 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 you push it up. You put pressure on the stomach, so where you can feel your fingers, okay. and you push up. You don't do this. You don't do that. That's exactly what push, he was doing. Was, they do do you that. Simply, they don't know. You, you push up, apply that pressure, okay, and so stay consistent. The and then up. Uh, it's I'm a little ridgy. It's like it's like a little bitty ridgy thing I'm in gonna, there. You I'm going to draw a map because you know I'm visual. I'm going to be like, hey, so um, <laughs> here's the directions. <laughs> Calm down. It's real simple. It's into the left and then Super. upstairs. <laughs> That's it. But the the key part to it is <laughs> women have to be relaxed to receive an orgasm. And so for me, I'm big on blindfolds, candles, which is smells, music, um, create an ambiance to where you get to escape your mind. You can out, you can outthink your overthink your way from an orgasm. Like you can overthink your way yeah, out of true. orgasms. Yeah, that's true. And so if I if I cater to your emotions, I cater to your senses. Take away your sight. I use my voice to talk to you. You have music as well. You have these smells going. Lavender makes every woman horny. FYI. I hate lavender. So, no. Even if you hate lavender, your vagina does not. Oh. So that's why lavender baths, lavender yeah. candles, lavender, all those things. Every woman gets horny. You, I can feed a woman until she's horny. So Food. Now, are you Jeez. currently in a relationship? I never answer those questions. Okay, okay. Well, then maybe let me rephrase it because my my goal isn't really to find out if you're with somebody. My goal is more or less to find out when you are in a relationship. Does your significant other ever feel like okay? Well, he's doing these things simply because science wise, scientifically, he knows mm -hmm. this is what it is. So, is What's it really just about getting me there, or is it about getting me there because I am who I am to him? Do you ever have that problem with? who you're with on a serious level i've never ran into that issue of you're only doing this because you're a sexologist mm -hmm. you just know what to do mm -hmm. i've heard it jokingly but but the secret to have being great at sex is going into the bedroom as a blank canvas i'm a sexologist i have my knowledge but you're an individual mm -hmm. everything every woman is different so what i did to tina might not work on lee mm-hmm she might be like, nah, that stroke ain't it. Tina. <laughs> I don't know. I heard my, <laughs> name. I heard my name, so we just gonna roll with that one. <laughs> so it might not work. So right. if I go in there with the mindset of, let me talk to her. How do you like your head? How do you like your orgasm? What's your favorite fantasy? If you could do sex one last time, where would it be? How would how long would that be? How many orgasms would you have? Um, what would you eat afterwards? What's aftercare? I will get all of this information from her, which I call the courting stage. When we're courting and dating, I, I get all this information. How soon do you so introduce come, those questions in your courtship? Is this a first date conversation? For me, first date. Mm -hmm. But most people bring up sex to me immediately. So hmm. for me, it's different than most Is that because other you exude men. sex or because people know what your profession is? People normally ask what, okay. what I do. Okay. And then once they ask, it's kind of. Or they see the shirt or they see the hat and they're like, hey, hey, I'm a sexologist too. I'm like, no, no, I'm one in real life. I don't know 
Is this a joke or not? Uh... Fake life. <laughs> no, you, don't do, you don't do what that. You, we don't do the same thing. We, we don't do the same, same thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just normally just immediate for me. So, first day questions for me is um, what does your I love you mean? What does happiness look like to you? Um, and what's your plans for yourself for the next five years? I ask questions like that on first dates. And then sex questions normally follow immediately after. Interesting. So, question. Um, in watching, you had a, a BBW video that I watched um, where you were talking about the the myths and the stereotypes and all that. And you had people writing questions while you were alive. Um, in there, you talked, and I forgot where I was going. <laughs> because you got it, you got visually excited all oh, over again during that time. I did. Um, the ladies kept talking about how pretty your eyes were and all those things, and it was kind of like off topic. Do you find that? A, are they contacts? And does it help with your profession? Are they contacts? No, but really, like, I wonder because, like... Take them shits out. <laughs> but no, clearly, it's clear you have a nice voice, you have nice-looking eyes, like you're an attractive man. Does that help with the, the line of work that you're in? I think it directly benefits me uh, in this line of business. Um, I wish it didn't because I, I think I'm very smart. I put a lot of time in, uh -huh. in reading and studying and researching and right. doing what I do. That I want people to be like, damn, he's smart as hell. But uh, having green eyes most definitely help. And yes, these are my eyes. These green, grayish things are my grayish things. So do you <laughs> do you ever feel like you get boiled down to your appearance then? Hundred percent. And then you say that a lot of times people undermine your intelligence because of your profession. Is that true? I believe so as well. So when it comes to my profession, let's say. Recently on my birthday, I went to the Jaguars game in Florida, Dell, Florida. So I went to the Jacksonville Jaguar game and I went to the owner suite, right? So the owner suite, you have the owner, you have all these big name people. You got little old me. I'm in there just chilling. You know? um, so when people say, I don't know why everyone tend to ask this question when you first meet people. So what do you do? That's a so very get around good question. <laughs> I'm like, yo, why are y'all asking me these things? Just ask me on a name. They're trying to figure uh, out how but, you got in the owner suite. Right. Correct. <laughs> and so uh, the judgment that comes with, I'm a sexologist. One, a lot of people don't even know what that is. A lot of people don't know it exists. Right. A lot of people think it's self-made or self-created. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nah, I'm a sexologist. Well, I study human sexual behavior and I create these things. Da, da, da. And then after they figure it out, some people judge it. And then some people are like, oh my God, I need to talk to you. So that's one thing. And then you have the other people who will find me on social media and be like, I just want to do it to you. I don't care about what you're talking about. <laughs> I just want to put your, stick your tongue out. Show me your meat. Like, oh show, show me <laughs> Do you oblige? <laughs> do you respond nah. to those? I'm nah. curious. I leave, I leave a lot of people on red. Okay. Because my thing is, with me, what do I benefit from it? Mm -hmm. So you can't, you can't outfuck me because you don't put the energy in that I put in. So what's the benefit of me having sex with you? If you don't put forth the effort. Now, if you're into me, if you like me, you want to date me, you're trying to kick it, we trying to grow something, sex gonna be bomb regardless because your intentions are different. But if your intentions is just to experience me sexually and my intentions are now to experience you sexually, I'm gonna do all the work. I'm gonna do all the pleasing. Mm. If anybody's disappointed, it's gonna be me. Unless you feel like my performance wasn't up to par. Other than that, I just like, oh, here we go. Spin, spin, circle, circle. <laughs> Lit. To the left, up to the right. <laughs> to the left, to the left. So you good? Okay, all right. 
And then it's we, but then they disappear after that. They after you receive what you want from somebody, you tend to leave. Do, and do so, you to, you. do you tend to feel that you get um, neglected and used? Yeah. Do you do, do your needs get met once people know what you do? Because it seems like no. it's very self serving for them. Oh, no. Oh, right. you don't get your needs met. So, so oh, this is the thing. I'm a I'm a love guy first. Know, right? I'm a I'm a love I'm a love person that teaches sex. So I save love through the art of sex. I save love one orgasm at a time. So love is my primary thing. I teach people how to love unconditionally. Sex is the benefit of it. Gotcha. And so for me, people only see the sex part. And so if you come to me for sex and you're not coming to me to love me, mm-hmm. the, the the exchange is always, I'm going to give you this knowledge. I'm going to give you these orgasms. You're going to say, thank you so much. That was great. And you'll go about your business. Doodles. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> I'm like, well, there, there's another one. And then we got to keep, keep moving. And so, yeah, so the the needs of love will never be there. And sometimes the need of sex will never be, um, it's not complete, but the, the, the never be satisfied. The pleasure is never there because people don't aim to please me. They look at it as a challenge. I want to see if I can make the sex coach do this. Mm. It's like, so then I bet you, you, meet, a, you meet, you must meet a lot of aggressive women then. Cause they, is, I do. Is that, yeah. Is that a turn on for you? Do you like aggressive women? No. I like I like women who have uh, pure intentions. So if you're aggressive, but you're you're intention you're intentional. Like for me, if you was like, well, um, if I saw you in a club and I walked up to you and you was like, so what you over here for? I'm like, listen, your mouth look good. Thinking about some head, I had to come say what's up because I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm not here because of your shoes. I'm not here because I care about your zodiac sign. Oh your mouth, your your what mouth looking like. Your mouth Set looking that mouth out. <laughs> right. <You're all> cracky. <laughs> Get a trip out of you. Right. And so we can laugh. I can tell you my name. We shake hands. Because that don't mean you're going to give me some head. That doesn't mean I'm going to let you give me some head. But you ask me my truth. This is the truth. I'm only over here because I saw you from across the room. You was thick as fuck. Now looking at them lips. And I was like, yeah. Head probably fire. Let me go say hey. And that's what I'm going to tell you because you asked me. Okay. So I don't mind you being aggressive if you're being honest. So are you? Or if your intentions are pure, if you're, are you into monogamy? Uh, I do. I am into monogamy. I don't believe that monogamy is what we're supposed to be. Are you poly? Into, I, are you poly I'm not, man? I'm not poly. I went to a couple poly um, events, and I figured out mentally right now, or back then, wasn't for me. Uh-huh. Like I went to some things and. Funny story. So I'm sitting at this table with my homeboy. I ain't gonna say his name, but shout out to my homeboy if you watch this. Uh, we sit at this table. And so this tall dude, I'm like six, seven, dreads, dark skin, still big motherfucker. And he talking about this chick that he think he like, yeah, when her husband go to work, I play the game and I play the kids and I beat the wife down because that's my girl. Then I go home and before he come home, I gotta send a meat picture to her because she like wanna see my meat every morning. And so he finished his story. Then there's this buff-ass dude, but he only like 5'7". And he like, yeah, my girlfriend love when I take my shirt off and then I put my down her throat. I'm like, y'all got some interesting stories about y'all girlfriends. And then the dude had a sheer shirt on. See, he's like, yeah, hey, I'm a singer. And he's like, I'm always on the road. And, you know, my wife, he like, my wife be at home and I got to make sure I give her jack-off videos every day. All three of these men were talking about the same woman. No! <laughs> The big tall dude is fucking the dude with the sheer shirt on white. The short buff dude is fucking the dude with the sheer shirt on white. 
and the, the dude who be on the road just be fucking other girls. Wait a minute. Did they all know this? They all, they were all sitting next to each other. No. They know. It's no secret. I was like, so wait. Your wife is sitting there like, yeah, that's my girl. And they're like, yeah, that's my girl too. They're like, yeah, we we a family. I said, yeah, you be eating some teeth. They're like, what you mean? Bro, I can't sit here and you tell me that while I'm gone, you sitting in my game and your ass naked, eating my eating my son's gummy snacks and beating my girl <laughs> while I'm on the road trying to Say, sing and do a verse. I need you to um, replenish those juicy juices <laughs> in the cabinet. Right. Just go on to Costco, get them in the both because if you're going to eat that many, you need to replace that many. Your wife wore me out right. and I got thirsty. I got yeah. <laughs> Where the Gatorade at? <laughs> So that's what I knew. I said, Polly might not be something I look I look into in the near future. Or in the future, I said, I don't know if I'm mentally prepared I mean, to what, sit next to a man. What we found is that there's absolutely levels to it and yeah. that it's not just uh, all men messing with one female, but yeah. sometimes it's females messing with different females. I don't know. It's, it was yeah. a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It was, I learned a whole lot about it, and I do think it's extremely dope if your intentions are right. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind, like, if, you know, it would be me and then my girl, and then she have her boyfriend, and then there's a girlfriend, and then we all, we build a family structure together. I think right. they call it, like, a triad or a, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Are you I don't want to mess it up, but they're all, I, I joined a couple of them, but it's not, it's not my cup of tea. What does it mean to the join reason- a couple? Like, as a spectator or a participant? Mm-hmm. No, you uh, you buy the little right membership. But were you a spectator or a participant in the clubs? It was it was a spectator because I wanted to see. I'm big on mindset intentions, and so if we just here to fuck. I can do that without y'all. Like I can go find a couple people and we can do this without y'all. Mm-hmm. So and so you, that wasn't my thing. Are you more um into being an exhibitionist more than a voyeur? Yeah. That was a yeah. I'll remember, I said a long yes is a no. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you gotta kind of. So the Voyager mean I'm just out like like a um, sex new beach or something like to watch. Right, a voyeur watches and the exhibition and is the one that shows. Then, that puts on the show. I'm not into watching. Like I don't, right. I don't enjoy watching. You get some good head. That don't do nothing for me. Okay. <laughs> so I don't enjoy some watching somebody get else get some right. bomb ass right. head. Okay, that makes sense. That makes yeah, I want to so, participate. I would, I would rather. And so, yeah, with, like, I would that, rather like, join about, than watch. What about threesomes? Threesomes are dope. I teach my clients about threesomes all of, all of the time. Threesomes are dope only when they're safe to be dope. And so, if your relationship is rocky, threesome is not the answer. That's not mm-hmm. spicing things up. That's going to create more damage than it doesn't make. Yeah, doesn't uh, create good. And so, and then when you have so many rules, I do not like sex with rules. Mm-hmm. I like goals. Let's let's have fifty orgasms. Let's have a certain number of this. Let's create this experience. Versus, you can't kiss this person. You can't stroke too hard. You mm-hmm. can't eye contact. You can't. I'm good on this whole experience. I want right. sex to be free. I want it to flow. I want it to be transparent. I want it to uh, be an experience. And so, long as there's not rules applied to things. I'm willing to do that makes sense. pretty much anything. And you mentioned spicing things up. You know what I'm saying? We uh, 
We got a little thing here oh, on our table. We Tell got some spices. So we're going to take a quick moment to spice it up here, literally. Um, in D.C., and, uh, you know, I've visited you a few times in D.C., yeah. and there's this place called the Spice Suite. It's a black-owned uh, business where they sell spices, cooking supplies, mm-hmm. um, sauces. We have some hot sauces. They got some honeys. They got teas. They got all things it's freaking amazing. A lot of this stuff is salt free also, which yeah. is amazing for black folks. Um, and just in general with preserving um, the actual flavor of the seasonings. But it, I just want to encourage y'all to spice it up at your house. Yes. Like, you know, you mentioned food. So, you know, the food got to be good. You now, know can what I'm they saying? Can also order this online they if they're can. not in the D.C. area? They can go to the spicesuite.com okay. and they can order all things. They sell bundles. They sell all kinds of things there. I mean, if you're in D.C., they have two locations. Check them out on social media, Instagram and Facebook, the Spice Suite. So shout out to them because I buy all their stuff to keep it spicy it's in the amazing. kitchen. Yes. It's dope. I just, you know, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, he mentioned food yeah, at one point. And the food got to be good because the food is nasty. We're going to be turned off. And <laughs> Ain't nobody having boiled chicken over here. <laughs> boiled chicken. We don't do boiled chicken at all. Um, that is great. What is, uh, what would you consider something that's too far? Like if you go too far like a hard no for you aside from no picking oh, obviously just a hard no for me i'm i don't like pain oh same pain is not my pain is not my thing um that's a hard no i like thresholds like you scratching is not a problem oh. but if you bite me until i bleed we have we have an Did issue you say we are not breaking uh, skin here okay yeah <laughs> use your you inside head you <laughs> Bite my balls little Kim said, I'm going to suck it till it bleeds. And oh everybody was like, why did little Kim say that? That was like, yeah. I don't want you to suck it till it bleeds. Oh, vampire. That, that Pine, sounds painful. Pineapples. Yeah, pineapples. <laughs> and um, I don't like, <laughs> I don't enjoy uh, anything that's going to make you feel less than who you are. Yeah. So um, doing anything that's going to demean you is not, is not my cup of tea. I want you to feel loved and pleased at the same time. I want to push your boundaries. I want to help you experience certain things and, and really- tap into your freaky side, but not hurt you there was actually a social media um personality that i had to unfollow recently because oh, yeah. his content was that um being spat in the mouth uh mm. being locked in cages and i really liked this uh personality for a while i thought they were a really cool person but after a while yeah. his social media has just shifted it's shifted and it is in way too intense for me and i've i usually don't unfollow people especially if i don't know you personally right. to have a reason to unfollow you right but after that last clip i saw uh of him being spit at in the mouth i was like yeah can you, can you explain that to me because i had this conversation <laughs> on social media it's and i was rap. trying to figure out what it is about spitting in the mouth that is a turn on um, I personally don't know per person why do they find it so sexy. A lot of us are uh, visual creatures. A lot of us fear being judged and we fear being misunderstood and we fear being different. And so as soon as somebody starts spitting in the mouth on social media, everybody all of a sudden spits in the mouth on social media. Uh, the younger generation just figured out that choking women is fucking fire. And so now all the little Amazing. kids at 22 and under oh. is now calling it Riz when you grab a woman by her head and make her look at you. And they, I'm like, y'all so dumb. <laughs> um, they just now figured it out yeah. that throat play is fire. And they think they did something magical. And so as long as things are now accessible and as long as things are now viewed as good, mm-hmm. then the world will do it to fit in. 
So basically, Same I can get on social media. All so I can get on social media and like tickle a toenail, and if everybody reposts it, then suddenly tickling toenails <laughs> is like the, the newest thing. thing. It, will now, it will now be. Think about Kevin Gates when he started saying eating booty. Everybody yeah, eat that booty. Everything. Everybody yeah. started eating ass. It was like everybody, everybody in the ass. world was like, "You won't do it." I'm like, I never thought to do it. Why do you do it? What made you stop? Everybody do it. <laughs> But you know, when I was in college back in the early 2000s, <laughs> um, actually we had a conversation, like it was like a group of us and we were talking about stuff like that. And there was a girl that said she liked to get her booty ate and we all like lost our shit. Like, bitch, what? You, I mean, she knew what she likes. She did. And then like, here we are 20 years later and everybody's eating booty now. So I was like, huh, she was onto something back then, apparently. And she's sitting there saying, I told y'all. <laughs> right. I told y'all so I've been here for the past 20 years. Welcome to the <laughs> You're welcome. Double decade grocery, <laughs> right. grocery store been open. They over here brand new booties. Mine been around the block. Okay. <laughs> oh God. If you could um if you could describe your ultimate fantasy, what would that be? Ultimate fantasy. Um my ultimate fantasy would be someone planning something for me. What do you mean? Like an instrument? Uh, planning, not playing. playing. Oh, I thought he said playing. playing. So I was like, what no, are they playing? So it's like, I love, like I said, again, I love when people are intentional, right? So I can't tell you what freaky is for you. I can't tell you what the nastiest shit in the world is for you. But I can feel your intentions when you plan something just for me. You don't send me pictures that you took. You like, I got forty of these. I'm gonna just send you three of them. You, you, you went and got you a makeup artist, or you did your own. Did you went and got your photos done? You, you did a calendar for me. Then you planned out this dinner, and then you put roses on the bed. I don't care how light it may seem to other people, but the fact that you planned something just for me, mm. I'm good. Like whatever else I want to experience, that's kinky, that's freaky. I want to pull out a stick. I have a whole chamber, so like I have access to everything. So it's like you I can provide freaky shit. Yes, oh, of course I do. My, it's like of course. Why, <laughs> why wouldn't I have a dungeon? Why, why wouldn't I have that big? Spread, I have with the spreader bars. I, I feel like yeah, I, I feel like at some thing. point we need a tour of the dungeon. Like it's gonna be a Freaks and Kings part two, right? I think we'd bring that back. Yeah. Um, where can people find you if, if they're looking they're... for you for services for anything? You can find me on my website, ratedredsworld.com. Um, I'm always on TikTok, sexologist underscore. Uh, watch out for the fake ones because like 30 of them at this point. Oh, and then Instagram, sexologist underscore rated red with the blue check because there's also about 20 fake Instagrams as well. So say say it one more time. What's the actual page? Sexologist underscore rated red. Okay. And that's blue check at the end. And then tell that's me your website more. one more time. Ratedredsworld.com. Um, Got it. You find all of my merch. You find all my books. You find my Slut Me Out University. You'll find oh, all access oh, to everything. Oh, oh. And we're going to post some of these on our social media. Yeah, we'll and have links and everything on social. I love it. Nick B, yeah. where can they find you? So I can be reached on anything Dirty Roses podcast. Uh, may that be our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok. There we go. Oh, and if you want to slide into my own DMs, you can find me on Instagram at Nick B underscore Nick B. And that's Nick with a K and Miss Lee where we can find mm. you. I am everywhere. Uh, Lee It's L-E-I-G-H-L-A-R-I-E. You can follow me on every single platform under that name. 
DirtyRosesPodcast.com, where you can catch up on season one, two, and where we're at with number three. Mm -hmm. um, and you can catch us next time because we're going to be back. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> oh, thank you all for having me. Guess what, Rose Buddies? We are thrilled to introduce our new sponsorship packages. Be sure to hit us up at DirtyRosesPodcast.com to inquire how we can showcase your brand on our platforms. 